Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I've only ever experienced mild paranormal activity. None of them overly interesting, and most of which could probably be explained away with the age-old phrase, it was probably just the wind. But I have experienced two interesting events, one just bizarre and the other almost heartwarming. This story actually happened only a week ago and still has my mother and I disturbed. It was Thursday night, and I'd just come home from university. Yes, I still live with my parents since my uni is in the same city and housing is expensive. I hadn't had had any late classes that day, so I was coming home at around 2 p.m., so it was still light out. Not some witching hour shit. I walked in the house through our glass sliding door. My dog took this chance to go outside, and my mom greeted me since she was folding clothes right next to the door. I closed the door behind me and had only walked a few feet into the house when my mother gasped. I turned around just to watch the sliding door open itself. 
My dog walked back in with a guilty look on his face, and the door closed behind him. I should clarify that this sliding door is purely mechanical. We don't have some fancy automatic door opener. The door itself is extremely heavy and also broken, making it already hard to open. So when the door opened by itself, we were quite surprised. Either my dog has psychic abilities or our house has a dog-loving poltergeist. Two, this story is much older. I would have only been seven years old at the time, and the story is really my mom's, but I'll tell it anyway. But before I tell my story, you need to know some background information. I am type 1 diabetic, not the one you get for being fat. I have been since the age of four. For those who don't know, this disease can cause my blood sugar levels to rise or fall sporadically. High blood sugars are not that much of a worry since they most of their damage over decades, but low blood sugars are an immediate danger since they can cause me to seizure, which in turn destroys my brain. Now that you know that I can continue, when I was younger, if my mom woke up in the middle of the night, she would come to my room and test my blood sugars by poking my finger to make it bleed. It sounds bad, but it's not that bad. But this specific night, she had stayed up later than usual and tested me around midnight before going to bed. She would later wake up at 2 a.m. and debate whether to test me again. Eventually, she decided against it, since she had checked my blood sugars only two hours ago and they were stable then. She then tried to go back to sleep, but she was startled when her phone rang. Once. The phone only played her ringtone once before cutting off as if it had never played. Calls at this late of night weren't a rare occurrence. My mother works with Child Protective Services, so she gets lots of calls from distressed clients at random times of the day, but mostly during the night. My mom checked her call logs to see who caked her and found that her last call had been at 9 p.m., not 2 a.m. She was confused, but dismissed it as her imagination working overtime. But once again, the question of going to test my blood sugars came up, and this time my mom gave in to her anxiety. She walked down the halfway to my room just in time to catch me mid-seizure. If a seizure is caught quickly, the damage can be insignificant, but left to my own accord, I could easily die during one. With the help of my sleepy father, my parents would bring me back to consciousness using a substance called glucagon, a complex sugar that is great for increasing the blood sugar rapidly that can only be applied with an enormous syringe. To this day, no one knows who called that night, but my mom likes to think it was my deceased great-grandfather, a Juno Beach veteran who passed away the week before after succumbing to severe bone cancer. But who knows? A few years ago, when I was away in college, I went out to party one night and got back to my dorm really late. At the time, I had my own bedroom. When I was in the bedroom, I had this weird feeling someone was in there with me. I cannot really describe it in words, but I felt like I was being watched and the air just seemed really still. I checked my closet, under the bed, etc., to make sure no one was playing a trick on me, but I could not shake the feeling off me. It got so unbearable I had to keep the light on. At one point I heard laughing and just got so creeped out between hearing the laughing and feeling as if someone was in there with me. Eventually I decided to just sleep in the living room, which had a completely different vibe. At about 4 a.m. I made a Facebook post. Something along the lines of my room is definitely haunted and went to bed. 
Oddly enough, I had a dream about my great-great-aunt, and she was the youngest I had ever seen her, and laughing and drinking. I woke the next day, and a roommate comes up to my and says, I saw your Facebook status, I guess. Our other roommate told you what happened last night, completely confused. I asked her to explain. Apparently, while I was out that night in my room, they heard laughing and the door shaking, and when two of my roommates entered, there was no one in there, and they started freaking out. This all happened a few hours before I came back. Of course, my family saw the Facebook post and was all about the questions the next break when I came home. My grandmother made the weirdest point. The night I posted the status was my great-great-aunt's birthday, the one I had dreamt about. I do have the screenshots from the FBI convo, but that got my original post deleted. Low, low, whoops. Sorry, still new here. It was a night like any other, with the only exception being the unsettling behavior of our two normally placid black Labradors. They woke me up from my sleep, making an awful growling and barking sound I had never heard them make before. Their voices were filled with aggression and fear, which was unusual for them. We lived in the countryside with a vast common and woods situated behind our house. I walked into the kitchen to find the dogs glaring at the back door, continuing to make a fuss. Their terror was palpable, causing the hair on the back of my neck to stand up. Grabbing a torch and arming myself with a fire poker, I prepared for the possibility of an intruder. I opened the back door, only to find that both dogs shied away and ran into another room. The night was pitch dark as I poked my head in the torch out the back door. For a split second, I caught a glimpse of reflective eyes belonging to a massive creature about ten meters away from me. The creature blinked and turned away, disappearing almost instantly. In England, there was nothing I could think of that could explain such an encounter. I slammed the door shut, and my dogs and I spent the rest of the night huddled together in my bedroom, half terrified. Not long after that night, the local paper featured an article about a series of unexplained sheep deaths on a farm just a mile away from our home. The sheep had been ripped to shreds as if they had been attacked by a large predator. The chilling coincidence left me wondering what kind of creature had paid us a visit that fateful night. Years ago, when my now wife and I were going to grad school, we rented out a very old house in a downtown area. The house was craftsman and built in the 1910s. My wife is very superstitious, so I would always make jokes about the house being haunted. We'd joke about the attic cover in our kitchen area, being locked, etc. Anyway, one night my wife and I went to sleep in our normal sides of the bed. We had our distinctive sides of the bed, just like other couples do. I think, to the point where if, if either of us was laying on the wrong side of the bed, the other would ask, are we switching sides then? We never switched sides unless it was discussed. When we woke up in the middle of the night, we went back to our same sides. Yada, yada. Well, that next morning I woke up earlier than my wife, and to my surprise, I was on the wrong side of the bed. Well, I was confused, so I tried to logic it out. Maybe she woke up in the middle of the night and told me to scoot over. Maybe we both went to sleep on the wrong side and didn't notice. Maybe I'm confused and this is my side of the bed after all. I wrote it off as nothing and tried to go back to sleep. 
Then my wife woke up and I heard her mutter something. I sat up, asked her to repeat what she said. She then said something along the lines of, How did I get on this side of the bed? I literally got the chills and my hair started standing up on my neck arms right there. We were both freaked out and tried to come up with some explanation. Maybe she sleepwalks and pushed me over to the other side. None of us have a history of sleepwalking. Maybe one of us rolled over the other. Unlikely, as the other person would most likely wake up and go WTF. Maybe one of us woke up to go to the bathroom and got back in bed on the other side and pushed the other one over. Also unlikely because at least one of us should have remembered that. Kicker. I was doing a sleeping experiment for a class where I monitor the amount of movement turns I have during a night. I had a pedometer, step counter, attached to my hip while sleeping. This was already night four or five. Every night showed between 20 and 40 steps that, I suppose, translate to turning over. Well, I remembered I was wearing it and was excited to get some further info on the matter. The counter read zero. Zero, as in no movement. Note that there is a reset button, but it is very hard to press, especially by my sheets. Mattress flat. Waist. Cue hair standing up again. LOL. To this day, I'm kind of convinced we were abducted by aliens, and when they came back to put us back in bed, they forgot the orientation and just said, Fuck it. They won't notice. And let's reset this thingy for good measure. Uh, over 2,000 steps. Past his daily target, no doubt. Well, we noticed. This happened about a year ago to me and my husband. Sorry in advance for the long story. It was our tenth anniversary, so we decided to go camping, just the two of us. And of course our dog. There's a big national park camping area near where we live, little less than an hour drive, so that was where we were heading. It's basically a big forest with many small lakes, ponds, trails, and camping sites around. Pretty popular place during summer, but we still saw some people, even though it was late September and the weather was cold. We found a good spot next to a lake to set up our camp. It was a beautiful day, so we wanted to hike a bit in the forest. There was a nice long path that was going around the lake where we had our camp, so we chose to go that way. The lake was quite small, and there was another camping site by it. You could see there from our camp, and from there you could see our camp. They were almost on opposite sides of the lake. We walked past the another camp, and saw a man there alone just standing and staring us, not answering when we greeted him. He was maybe in his late twenties, around the same age as us. I thought at that point that he was maybe just shy and a little weird. He had a small tent set up and some other stuff all around the place, so I figured he had been there a while. We just continued walking and didn't think much to it. Eventually we got to our camp and started to set up our tent before it's too dark. We made some food by the fire and just sat there enjoying the peace. Suddenly, our dog starts barking like crazy. She was tied to a long wire around a tree. We immediately realized that she wasn't just paranoid and that there really was something in the woods and it was near. It had been very dark for hours at that point. I took the dog to a leash and my husband started to look around with his bright headlamp. Our dog just kept barking. We were confused and sure it was some kind of animal. Maybe a bear or a moose. 
but we couldn't understand why it wasn't scared of us and why it wouldn't run away. My husband went ahead to the path that leads to the another camp. Right when he got to the path, which was just less than ten meters away from our camp, he saw something on the ground. I told him to go check it out and followed with our dog. He stopped, turned at me and said, It's a human, laying on the ground. The first thing I thought was that maybe they were hurt or dead or something. They just laid there not moving, facing the ground. We asked, Are you okay? Are you hurt? And he just suddenly stood up. Turned out it was the guy from the another camp. He was very scared of our dog and told me not to let her near him. Well, I was kind of relieved that it wasn't some creepy-ass bear that was going to eat us, but I soon learned that a bear might have been less scarier than this guy. After he stood up, he walked straight to our campfire and sat down. My husband tried to ask him multiple times why he was sneaking in the dark forest without any light. He didn't give us any answer. We even laughed a bit and told him how we thought he was a damn bear or some shit, but he didn't even smile. Just stared at the fire, looking annoyed. His right leg was soaking wet. He probably stepped off the path and dipped it in the lake on his way to our camp. He sat with us for 30 minutes, not talking much. He also clearly wanted to know where our dog was at all times. I saw he had a knife hanging from his belt, but I guess it's not that weird when you're in the woods. Every few minutes he put his hand in his pocket and just peeked of whatever was in there. Kind of like checking the time on your phone without taking it from your pocket. But it wasn't a phone he had there. I felt very uncomfortable and anxious by the whole situation. So, when the thirty minutes had passed, he again stood up and mumbled about going back to his own camp and left. He never gave us any explanation of why he came to our camp or why he was stalking us in the dark. He tried very hard not to be seen when we found him. When I thought he was far enough, I told my husband that there's no way I'm sleeping in that tent. The biggest nope ever. Fortunately for me, he agreed and said that the guy might come back when I was sleeping. I just wanted to leave ASAP. So my husband started packing things up. A car was nearby, thank God. And I was guarding and looking around with a light if he comes back. Just when we had almost all of our stuff in the car, I saw a quick flash of light in the path from the guy's camp towards ours. He was coming back. Maybe he thought we went to sleep because he couldn't see our campfire anymore. So yeah, we got in the car and left real quick. I don't know if we overreacted, but I had such a bad feeling about him. Who crawls in the dark, wet forest alone, just to stalk some strangers? What would have he done if our dog wouldn't have hurt him? What were his motives? Maybe stab us to death when we're sleeping. I don't know and didn't want to stay there and find out. I'm just glad we had our dog with us. There's a chance she saved our lives. I think people are the scariest thing to find at night when you're camping. It was about a year ago when I went to visit a friend for some casual drinks. But as the night wore on, we ended up having more. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...than just one beer. Time passed quickly, and before I knew it, I had missed my last train home. My friend, being the ungracious host that he is, didn't offer to let me stay over for the night. Left with no other choice, I had to embark on a two-hour walk in the freezing cold. With the temperature at 10 degrees Celsius and my body still buzzing from the alcohol, I wasn't exactly thrilled about the situation. As I reached the halfway point, I found myself walking near the woods on a narrow path just wide enough for a car to pass. Out of nowhere, a car pulled up behind me, slowly drove past, and then, about 50 meters ahead, made a U-turn before coming back. I was already feeling weirded out, but then the car did the same thing again. By uh, the time the car seemed poised to repeat the maneuver for a third time, I was so creeped out that I just started sprinting. Maybe it was just a stranger who was curious about what I was doing there alone, or maybe it was something far more sinister. I'll never really know. Regardless of the driver's intentions, that night remains etched in my memory as one of the creepiest experiences I've ever had. The combination of being alone in the cold, near the woods, and being pursued by an unknown driver is something I'll never forget. In the vast wilderness of Grand Teton National Park, I, Jake, the seasoned hunter, ventured deep into the heart of the forest, driven by the desire to track down an elusive prey. The park's breathtaking mountains, crystal-clear lakes and dense forests had always captivated me, drawing me in with their raw beauty and abundant wildlife. Over the years, I had become intimately familiar with its rugged terrains, honing my skills and finding solace in the serenity of the landscape. But today was different. I yearned for a challenge beyond the usual moose or elk. I craved an opportunity to prove myself, to test my abilities against a creature known for its cunning and resilience. Filled with anticipation and excitement, I left the well-trodden trails behind and embarked on a solitary expedition into uncharted territory. As I ventured deeper into the woods, a peculiar sight caught my attention, a set of stairs leading to nowhere. Intrigued by this mysterious structure amidst the wilderness, I couldn't resist the pull of curiosity. Climbing those steps would soon set in motion a series of strange and unsettling events. The atmosphere grew increasingly eerie as I continued my journey. The dense foliage seemed to conceal hidden dangers and the air carried peculiar sounds that echoed through the trees. Elusive shadows flitted between the trunks, evoking a sense of unease that lingered within me. It was as if unseen eyes watched my every move, sending chills down my spine. As night descended upon the land, transforming the surroundings into a haunting tableau, whispers filled the air intertwining with the rustling leaves. The feeling of foreboding intensified, and then I saw it, an unprecedented predator unlike anything I had encountered before, towering at least ten feet tall with its grotesque features, a face devoid of a nose, massive claws, and teeth sharp as razors. It resembled a bear on a lethal dose of steroids. With lightning speed, it lunged at me, fueled by primal ferocity. Instinct took over, and I raised my rifle in a desperate attempt to defend myself. 
but my shots proved futile against the creature's formidable strength. It effortlessly overpowered me, flinging me aside as if I were insignificant. Amidst the chaos, I fought to regain control, to steady my racing heart and focus on survival. Escaping became my sole objective. Driven by sheer determination and fueled by adrenaline, I navigated treacherous terrain with urgency. Every muscle strained, every fiber of my being devoted to evading the predator's relentless pursuit. I fired sporadically, my rifle discharging shots in a wild attempt to slow down my pursuer. And then, luck smiled upon me. An errant bullet found its mark piercing through the creature's head and causing it to collapse, lifeless to the forest floor. Breathing heavily, my body trembling with exhaustion and relief, I approached the fallen predator cautiously. But before I could fully comprehend the gravity of the situation, the unmistakable sound of jeep tires reached my ears. In disbelief, I watched as several black jeeps, emblazoned with the distinctive insignia of the CIA, arrived on the scene. Men dressed in black suits swiftly emerged from the vehicles, their movements calculated and efficient as they contained the lifeless creature. Confusion and the sense of unease gripped me as I approached the enigmatic men, my voice betraying my astonishment. What is that thing? I managed to utter, my wide eyes searching for answers. The men exchanged knowing glances, their faces revealing nothing but secrecy. Finally, one of them spoke, his tone cryptic yet filled with a warning. Just forget everything you saw here. We're watching you. With that, they vanished into the night, leaving me alone with my bewildered thoughts and the lingering questions that would haunt me for days to come. I was heading out to an abandoned farmhouse to hang out and drink some beers with four friends. Dark as hell in the middle of the woods. You have to follow the old overgrown driveway that starts where the road ends like a mile back. You can't drive back there anymore. It's like 30 years overgrown. The house belonged to the parents of the next closest house. It's about three miles away as the crow flies. I know them, and they're okay with us going back there so we weren't trespassing. Anyway, we're walking back there with a couple flashlights, and we were loud and should have scared any wildlife off well before we got close to see anything. Out of nowhere, there's this giant ghost dog the size of a side-by-side -side AD. I mean, full-on blue, green-going kind of shaggy dog in the middle of the woods. This animal is huge. No bears in that part of the country either, which is the only thing I could compare it to size-wise. And we were close before we saw it. Maybe 20 to 30 yards, it was just there. Its movements were loud against the ground and brush, but made no sound itself. You could feel it move. We stopped. It paused. Looked at us and ran off. Then it was just gone, like it only ran maybe 10 to 15 yards before just nothing. We turned tail and noped the hell out of there. We did go back. During the day. Not sure what we were looking for evidence-wise, but we never did find anything. I never went back there in the dark, though. I'm a rational person. I'm a rational person. I acknowledge I have a limit to my intelligence and experience. I've seen shit I cannot rationally explain. This by far I had no frame of reference for.
As a young member of my Native American community named Maya, I felt a deep sense of concern for the fading traditions and stories of our ancestors. Our small community was struggling to preserve our rich cultural heritage in the face of modern influences. Determined to reconnect with our roots and revitalize our heritage, I embarked on a quest to uncover and document the lost stories from an old library. As I delved into the stacks of the ancient library, the musty scent of aged books filled my nostrils, and I ran my fingers gently along the spines of the forgotten stories. Amongst the volumes, I discovered a weathered book that caught my attention. Its pages were yellowed with time, and the title read, The Story of the Mysterious Creature. Intrigued, I carefully opened the book and began to read the story of a native Sioux tribe from a century ago. The story recounted a haunting encounter with a terrifying creature that had plagued their land. The description sent shivers down my spine, and I couldn't help but visualize the creature in my mind's eye. The story detailed an otherworldly being with a round, human-sized head, devoid of a beak, but adorned with huge, bat-like wings. Its body stretched five to six feet in length and had a wingspan of an astonishing twenty-five to thirty feet. There were no feathers to be found, only jet-black, bat-like skin. Adding to its eerie presence was a long, skinny tail, reminiscent of a rat or dragon, which stuck straight out for about four to five feet. Unlike a bird, this creature didn't soar gracefully through the sky. Instead, it glided at a plodding speed, maintaining a consistent ten feet off the ground. After covering a short distance, it would take one powerful flap of its wings, never altering its altitude, and glide up the road until disappearing into the depths of the woods. The creature attacked that small Sioux tribe, leaving devastation and heartbreak in its wake. Surviving tribe members wept for the loss of their loved ones. Their anguish mingled with a determination to ensure this story would not be forgotten. They vowed to document every detail, preserving the memory of those who perished and the terror they had faced. In the early 80s, I worked in a hospital doing maintenance. I started on the 11 p.m. 7 a.m. shift. I was the only person in the main engineering plant behind the actual hospital where the boiler, pumps, the sea equipment, etc. was. It's pretty much like you see in the movies with steam pipes everywhere and whatnot. Just better lighting. After a few weeks, I started to notice movement at the edges of my vision, like someone jumping behind a metal tank or ducking behind an electric motor. There were times I thought it was the guy I knew from hospital security because he was the only one else who had a key. Every time I'd check it out, though, I'd find a big fat nothing. It was creepy, but I chalked it up to just some quirk of the mind playing tricks. I finally mentioned to the day shift guy who worked the 11-7 before me that I thought I was going crazy seeing this phantom thing always at the periphery of my vision. He got super serious and said he was relieved to be off that shift because he used to see him all the time, too. I moved on to a different type job not long after. The hospital plant is still there. I should drop by and talk to the night shift guy. Apologies if this isn't allowed. I got to thinking after a couple of weird things I experienced in my hometown. And had me thinking if anybody else has experienced anything. Back when we were teens, me and my brother were out for a walk outside of our neighborhood. 
Where we were walking was kind of wooded, but the houses were still pretty close together, yet considerably more in the boonies compared to our place. Anyways, we had almost completed the loop of the area and were around the bend going toward the exit when we heard something. God, I remember there was a helicopter overhead around the time we both heard this weird guttural yell growl. Like right next to us, it was so damn close. It sounded like a mix between a mountain lion, a pissed-off house cat, and yet oddly human-like all at once. We both just froze and looked at each other startled, and I started looking around for the source, but there wasn't a single cat or anything animal-like about it. I was pretty freaked out and practically sped walk to the road. All the while, my brother kept asking me what the F that was, but I was too spooked to talk about it. It was like a primal-type fear in an instant we heard it, and I just kept looking over my shoulder the whole way back. Anyways, pretty benign compared to other stories I've read here, and I'm sure there's an explanation to the sound. But it did have me wondering, has anyone else experienced weird shit in Florida? I was a watch officer on a big semester at Sea Square rigged sailing ship. We had just pulled into Porto, Brazil, after crossing the South Atlantic from South Africa. We arrived just before sunset and finished after dark, probably like 10 p.m. I had been at sea for weeks and was dying to get off the ship. I had two hours to kill until I stood the midnight to 4 a.m. watch. So me and another guy leave the ship in search of a place to get a beer or some new food as opposed to the galley fare the cook had been making for days on end. Anyone who's seen the world from a ship can tell you that you don't go to new ports. You go to the same port over and over. A run-down waterfront industrial park surrounded by shitty industrial adjacent neighborhoods. We walk out the main gate and hit a residential neighborhood that I can best describe as a burial as an ignorant first-worlder. House after house in a random labyrinth of narrow alleys. It's a ghost town. No one is on the streets. Walking the whole time in a long shadow cast by the infrequent yellow floodlights randomly attached to buildings or telephone poles, all the windows are barred. Atop all the walls surrounding these homes, there are shards of shattered glass embedded in the mortar, a not uncommon security thing around the less developed word. And then we turn the corner and there's this tiny clearing bathed in bright fluorescent light. There's a little takeout window and a random assortment of benches and plastic lawn chairs. It's about 11, but it's lit up, so we knock on the window. We're about to leave when our guy shows up rubbing the sleep from his eyes. We feel like shit for waking this guy up, but he's super excited to see rich white people at his food stand. We weren't rich, but people in developing countries equate white first-worlders with extravagant spending. Since we hadn't seen a money changer at this hour, we paid in us dollars and totally filled the stereotype. It took him like 15 minutes to open his kitchen and I guess ignite stoves. We're running out of time and have a long walk back, but he insists we stay and eat. Oh, and Portuguese is the language in Brazil, and unlike a cafe in Paris, this guy doesn't speak English. Like at all. So this whole thing is pantomimed with gestures. We want food. He points at the make line in his kitchen, wanting to know what we want. I point at the bread, meat, and make sweeping. Give me the works motions over all of it. Time passes. He gives us these little plastic thin office trash bag type plastic bags like the size of your fist. 
sticking halfway out is a small sandwich roll. Looks like lettuce, veggies, meat, the usual, but it's got this creamy cheese sauce with a consistency somewhere between melted cheese and mayonnaise. I think it's queso. Yeah, it's delicious as if, and we order two more. The sandwich comes in a plastic bag to contain the sauce. Like cheese that it's floating in. Never seen anything like it before or since. We pay the man with two $20 usks, and he gives us a few Brazilian reels back, so now we got some local cash. We walk back through the empty streets, finishing our food, trying to clean our fingers and faces of this sauce too viscous and sticky for napkins to ever clean. We finish at a steady jog to make it through the gate in time for the midnight watch. Anyway, in this shadowy ghost town, it was kind of mysterious to stumble upon this light, and the darkness window that sold bag sandwiches containing magical liquid cheese.